Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 5, titled Judgment. Hey, hey it's called Judgment, because the, the number in this episode is a judge. Get it? <laughs> anyway, in all seriousness, uh, yet another very, very, very good episode that... Just like all the best Person of Interest episodes goes in, like, 50 bajillion directions and handles it all in such an amazing way. So clever. So phenomenal. So, this episode, it starts out innocently enough. They got a new number. It's a judge. A really good judge. By the way, like... This guy is launching, like, a one-man war against crime. He is a no-nonsense, by-the-book, if you are a criminal, I am putting you away, if there is any possible way for me to do so, type of judge. As a result, he gets a crap ton of death threats, like, even more than is normal for a judge. And so, he is definitely the victim, so it's definitely, like, protect judge from unknown threats. Fairly cut and dry, nothing special. And then his son gets kidnapped. And suddenly, everything kicks into overdrive. And we get this magnificent race against time. All while Reese is trying to get the judge to trust him. Uh, All while trying to figure out who has this kid, uh, why they are blackmailing this judge, or not blackmailing, uh, why they are holding this kid for ransom against the judge, why they're, uh, there's a word for it, damn it, uh, anyway, they're holding the kid for ransom for leverage against the judge, why they're doing that, why the machine gave them the judge's number and not the kid's, and all of that, uh, in the midst of all this, by the way, uh, we get our first Carter-Fusco team up, where they're trying to, uh, investigate the death of this kid's nanny. Information supplied by Reese when he, uh, made a 911 call to get the police to investigate, and of course, uh, got run up the flagpole for a guy in a suit description, and it fell in Carter's lap, and then, by extension, Fusco's. So we get our first Carter-Fusco team up on that, and it's really, really great. It's really awesome to see, and I love seeing the two of them together. But anyway, while that's happening, we get the main attraction, this race against time to find out 
who these guys are, what they want, why they kidnapped the judge's son, and of course to save said son. And the further down the rabbit hole we go, the more intriguing it gets. Uh, We find out that this is an Eastern European crime syndicate that now has base of operations in New York. Eventually, uh, their demands are made known, and this gang wants the judge to get a pretty cut-and-dry hit-and-run case thrown out. Like, just some random woman who got charged with a hit-and-run, charged with uh, a DUI-slash-manslaughter. They just want him to throw that case out, get this lady back out on the streets. For an unknown reason. By the way, I love the method that Reese uses to try and get more information on this gang. Like, he he captures one guy, shoves him in the trunk, (laughs) drives the car around ferociously in order to get him to say something. He only gets a location out of him, so he gets another guy from that location, puts him in the trunk with him. Uh, undoes (laughs) the first guy's restraint and says, hey, get your boss's name, and then closes the trunk. (laughs) So he's just pitting them against each other. It's amazing. It's the greatest thing ever. I love it so much. It's so good. But then eventually we find out, in the midst of investigating this woman... And what her connection to this Eastern European gang is. And we find out that this woman is in business with this gang. Further investigation shows uh, she is a big architect behind this anti-money laundering software that's installed in a major bank. And what she's doing is she's turning it off for a few minutes every day so that this gang can bring in millions and millions of dollars of dirty money every day without getting flagged. She she is turning a legitimate bank into a front for money laundering, essentially, without the bank knowing it. And this gang is not just laundering their own money, they're laundering a lot of other people's money. They have a big list of clients that they are helping launder money for. It's insane. And, of course, gang wants the judge to throw out this case of this woman uh, doing a hit and run. Because she's the one who can do it. Without her, they have nothing. But we have these great courtroom scenes of the judge trying to stall, trying to stall, trying to stall, and then eventually just going, yeah, I can't stall anymore, and letting this woman go free.
And then immediately we get this big exchange. Like we get the judge going to this random location to get his kid back. Of course, by this point, we've pieced two and two together to find out why the hell the machine gave us his number and not the kid's. Uh, it's because they definitely plan to kill him as soon as the handoff is done. They never planned on a family reunion. Because this is their whole M.O. Like, get what they want, and then as soon as they got it, tie up loose ends. And Reese, like a badass... Comes in at the last minute with uh, the hit and run lady in tow. And is like, hey, so I've made sure that all the money is gone. Let the kid go or I will tell all of your clients that their money is gone as well. And you will have to deal with that. And so, they let the kid go, and then the dude's like, eh, kill them all. Reese, being the badass that he is, is able to shoot everyone, and basically leaves this gift-wrapped present for Carter and Fusco, uh, for asshole gangsters, including the hit-and-run lady, uh, duct-taped with a giant pile of dirty money. And Finch slips to the the lawyer that was prosecuting the hit-and-run lady all this information about the much larger scheme she was involved in. So, everything's tied up, nice and neat. Uh, we got all these assholes going to prison. Judge is reunited with his kid. It's a wonderful sight. Man, this episode's good. <laughs> it's real, real good. I like it a lot. Uh, if you like this, favorite podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in. As well, it's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Uh, if you become a patron, you can also gain access to the television archive supplemental, which I put out once every month. Or... If that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly by Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, On Monday, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 6. Talk to you then.